hesitating could tell you there was something else there. Like there's a part of the conversation that they're not telling everything about, but there may be some real gold there to talk about. Like I've had guests on that, like their responses are pretty short. So it's really important on how I ask the question, but then also how my follow-up question goes. So it tells you a lot of intel about how that person communicates so that you know also how to approach the conversation when you get into it. Are you ready to become a world-class interviewer, stand out with your podcast, and create an incredible audio experience for your listeners so that they keep coming back to your show and become raving fans? Welcome to the Podcast Interview Mastery, a weekly interview show where you will hear world-class podcast hosts and interviewers share their stories, tips, and strategies on how to become a master interviewer and hone your craft as a host. Are you ready to boost your confidence and inspire the masses? If so, buckle up, my friend, because this podcast will show you how. I'm your host, Tibor Nod, founder and host of the top-ranked Mindset Horizon podcast. What is up, my friend? Welcome back to the podcast interview mastery show. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast and spending some time with me today. I'm super excited for you to listen to today's episode called Conducting Interviews That Your Guests Want to Share with the one and only Jeremy Slate, host of the Create Your Own Live show. But before we dive in, let me share this. If you haven't started your podcast yet, I would highly recommend you check out my podcast mastery course at mindsethorizon.com forward slash course. That's mindsethorizon.com forward slash course, where I'm teaching you step-by-step how to start your own podcast from scratch so that you can scale your impact, influence, and income in 2021. For more information, simply go to mindsethorizon.com forward slash course, and you can find all the details there. All right, so my guest today is Jeremy Slate, who is the founder of the Create Your Own Life podcast, which studies the highest performers in the world. He studied literature at Oxford University and is a former champion powerlifter turned new media entrepreneur. He specializes in using podcasting and new media to create trust and open leader status. In iTunes, he was ranked number one in the business category and ranked number 78 in the top 100. Jeremy was named one of the top 26 podcasts for entrepreneurs to listen to in 2017 and 2018 by CIO Magazine, top podcast to listen to by Inc. Magazine in 2019, and millennial influencer to follow in 2018 by BuzzFeed. The Create Your Own Life podcast has been downloaded over 2.5 million times. He's also a contributing editor of New Theory Magazine and Grit Daily. After his success in podcasting, Jeremy and his wife, Brielle, founded Command Your Brand Media to help leaders use the power of podcasts to change the world. At the beginning of today's episode, we talked about Jeremy's evolution as an interviewer. He talked about how he realized that he needed to improve his interviewing skills and what he exactly did to do so. In the middle of the episode, we discussed how Jeremy interviews bigger names and media-trained people, and more importantly, how he interrupts their pattern so that they share something unique on his show. Closer to the end of the episode, Jeremy shared what he does when he's nervous before an interview, and we laughed a lot. I even laughed so hard that at one point I completely forgot what I wanted to ask next, but we didn't cut out this part from the interview because I wanted you to see how to handle such situations when it happens in real time. 
As always, you can check out the free resources, book recommendations, detailed show notes, and links at mindsethorizon.com forward slash interview. That's mindsethorizon.com forward slash interview. And so without any further ado, please enjoy today's episode with the host of the top-ranked Create Your Own Life show, the one and only Jeremy Slate. Hi, Jeremy, and welcome to the podcast interview master show. Hey, man, it is awesome to be here um, and connect again. I know we've done a couple things together, so always, always great to spend time with you, man. Yeah, I'm super excited about this conversation, and I really enjoyed uh, the previous episode on the Mindset Horizon podcast. And there we already talked a little bit about your podcast and we wanted to dive deeper into interviewing. And I kind of like stopped you there because I was like, (laughs) Jeremy, you should come on the podcast interview mastery show and we should talk more about how you improved your interviewing skills, which is interesting to the audience here. And you know, this is something I I really appreciate because you are one of the podcasters who kind of like focused on this skill set and you improved your interviewing skills. And um, before we dive into interviewing, I would love to start first with your story in terms of why did you decide to start your podcast, create your own life? And how was it evolving like over the years? You know, it's interesting because the the reason it originally started was I had a degree in, in history and I was, you know, a teacher and I wasn't super happy in that. And I had a, a life changing event where um, my mom ended up having a really bad stroke and it made me kind of look at a, a lot of different things in my life. And I, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I just didn't really know, I guess, what that looks like. So I failed at a whole bunch of different things. And uh, one of the things I had been consuming the entire time was podcasts. And I was like, well, OK, well, I failed at all those other things. I guess, you know, podcasting could be an outlet for me. So I started a podcast in uh, 2014-ish called Rock Your Life. It was absolutely horrible. Um, I quit in about 60 days, somewhere around there. I don't quite remember. It's all just a a jumble of horribleness. And uh, middle of 2015, I started my current show, which is Create Your Own Life, where I interview people that are just extraordinary human beings. And it's interesting because it originally started as... I guess a little bit more of like a internet marketing type of um, like bend to it and, and creating your own life. And as we've changed, you know, it, it became high performers. I'm like, okay, well, a lot of people are talking about high performers. Like, what is that? And kind of the further we've been, I, I've really narrowed it down now to uh, extraordinary humans. And really, that's what's leading the podcast interviews to now a book I'm working on called Extraordinary. And that's it's really incredible to kind of see how it, it changes and molds and things like that. And you kind of have to be willing to work through that process. Yeah, it's really interesting because one sentence also that I read on your website is, what does it mean to be world-class? And I, I asked myself the same question when it came to <laughs> podcasts and, and especially the interview format. So I was like, okay, so what does it mean or what does it take to become really good at for example, interviewing if you have an interview podcast. And I don't know if you uh, had that question in your head because I'm kind of like interested in when was the time for you when you said, okay, so I really need to kind of like improve my interviewing skills to be better or was it important? What was that moment when you said, I kind of like need to focus on this? I don't know if it was really a moment, but I I think that one of the things that I, I was doing really wrong is in the beginning, I kind of over prepared, like I had way too many questions. 
I had way too much information to cover. And a lot of that just came from an area of nervousness, right? Like not having enough to talk about in the episode. Like what would we cover? Like what else did we talk about? So I overprepared and it kind of came off just because I wasn't really comfortable in doing it like an interrogation. And then somewhere, I think around like a hundred episodes or something like that, I kind of changed a lot of what I was doing. And I opened up by asking guests, what's your story? And I, I didn't really have, um, and not in the fashion you did, like yours was like a quick little like snippet and it kind of connects everything else we're going to talk about. But like, it was in this way, like I was counting on that to be the whole podcast, like tell your story. And then like, I'll find some questions to answer you based on that. So it was like really lazy podcasting. Like I just like would open it up and then hopefully there was enough there for, for us to talk about. And what I ran into is you're going to have some people that would talk for 45 minutes without me like saying anything, which I just remember I interviewed this one guy that's um, he's a billionaire in the casino world. And I remember my, my dad who like with loves my podcast calls me and goes, wow, great show. You didn't say anything like for 45 minutes. Wow. And and it was just realizing like, hey, I was giving these people like total control of the show. Then kind of like what was what was my necessity or how important was I when really the, the host should be like a guide, right? Like it should be somebody walking you through it. And then you kind of had the other side of it where somebody would tell their story and their story was like 15 seconds. And I'm like, okay, now what do I say? That was supposed to be the podcast. (laughs) So then you kind of end up in this weird situation where you don't have a lot of, I guess, editorial control over what's going to happen because you're actually, you're counting on the guests to be really great. Now that's not to say that like the guests I have now aren't great. They're some of the most incredible guests I've ever had. But at the same time, like you shouldn't be counting on your guests to be the sole portion of your content. So I was like, okay, I really got to do something about this because I just feel like, from my perspective, like I wasn't feeling like the interviews were going great and I was feeling like I wasn't taking responsibility for it. So I kind of looked at like, what did I have to change and kind of, you know, where did I need to go with this? So it it was kind of a realization just through like doing this. I was doing like eight interviews a day. I was like, you know, basically doing the same interview with everybody and it just didn't feel like it had a benefit to anyone. So I'm like, I guess you take a look at it and you're like, what's the point here? So I don't know if it was really one moment, but it was kind of a culmination of realizing this is where I started, this is where I've gotten to, and, and kind of like, where is this even going? Well, I think you've mentioned some really, really great things, and uh, I can relate to many of those, of course, and, and I think many other podcasters too. Uh, over-preparation is something I can relate to, first and foremost. So, you know, I talk to different podcasters, and, you know, some people prepare uh, for uh, half an hour, some people prepare for 20 hours and so it's really really different and it's just sometimes confusing how much someone should prepare uh we could dive deeper into that but i'm kind of like curious what you exactly yeah go ahead well, can i can i can i just add to that real quick because i know um you had you had an episode in the show with jordan harbinger and um jordan is one of the single most prepared individuals that i've ever heard do a podcast like if you have a book he's going to read your book like he is extremely prepared now the difference between the type of preparation I was doing and what he was doing is I was trying to show up with a script. He's prepared so he knows everything he needs to know to have an incredible conversation. And that's kind of a different way to do it because imagine that with him, he, he finds what I found eventually that the follow-up questions are actually the ones where you actually find the gold. So his preparation is incredible because he knows everything he needs to know to be prepared to have a great conversation. 
I was just like, all right, question one, all right, question two, all right, question three. Like it was just, it was weird. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a communication. You know what I mean? So like it was over preparing in that way. Whereas, you know, the way Jordan prepares, it's so that he can have an incredible conversation. So I think that also having that intention and why you're doing it like he does is really important. Yeah, uh, that's a great point. Uh, and, and, and I kind of like want to explore. Yeah. So, you know, Jordan, uh, basically reads the books and, uh, you know, I was wondering because sometimes, so it happened to me that I read the book. I don't read the book all the time, but for example, when it comes to, to people who have several books, let's say, so, sure. so you, so you interviewed some really big names and thought leaders, Robin Sharma, Tom Bilyeu, Russell Brunson. And so those people who have a lot of things, so to speak, to explore and when it comes to research, I'm kind of like wondering how you do that. And we can talk about that, but I also want to know what you actually changed when you realized that you need to change something. Well, I, I guess to the point about like what book to ask them about, like, like at least for me, I've seen they, they usually tell me what book they want to be asked about. So like, I guess usually part of a media push or a launch or something like that. So a lot of times, like I'm being told like, hey, we're talking about this now. So it's like, okay, cool. I get that prerequisite. But in terms of like what I changed, I, I tried a couple different methods. So I kind of found what works. The first being there are certain people that I'm just going to read their books. Like I had, um, uh, I don't know if you know who he is, but he passed away in about 2001. I had uh, race car driver Dale Earnhardt's daughter on. And mm -hmm. she has a, a very interesting um, memoir about her own career and about her dad and everything else. So given that, like, there's not enough I could know about that situation not reading that book. So what I did there, because I just don't have a ton of time to sit down and read. I, I don't know about you, man, but like I just don't have a, time, a ton of time to do that. So I listened to that um, on two times speed on Audible to like give me kind of enough insight to understand like what was that relationship right like? What things doesn't, because she actually says in there like the question she hates being asked is blah. I'm like, okay, good. So I'm, I actually opened it up with, I know you hate being asked about blah, so we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about this. And she, we instantly were like, you know, in a friend situation because like I paid enough attention to know that. So like in that situation, it's, it's kind of a, a feel thing. Like you understand like what books are a fit and what other ones can you, um, you know, kind of go through the index and use that to kind of, you know, pick questions and, and whatnot. You know what I mean? Like, like, like a, a memoir or something like that. Like you have yeah. to read the book. If it's somebody's method, you can kind of go through and like when I had Michael Hyatt on, his his latest book was kind of just a building off of his previous book. So I knew enough about that to kind of go through the index and say, okay, this is a good question to ask. This is a good question to ask. Now my job is to kind of weave it together and make it work. So that's kind of one part of it is understanding like when does the book fit and how do you read that? So one of the tools I'll use is Audible two times speed. Um, Blinkist is also really, really good. I don't know if you've ever used Blinkist before, but you can kind of get yeah. some really good um, quick previews and stuff like that of books so that you can kind of get through them and at least know what you're talking about because mm. it's not a fun situation to be in an interview with somebody like and just showing up not informed because it's just it's disrespectful to them so yeah. that's kind of one part of it um the second thing i i like to do is i take a look at have they done media with people that i admire like have they been on a tv show i like have they been on a podcast i like like where have they been and then if i have the ability because you're not going to always have this ability like it's on youtube or something like that i'll also listen to that at two times speed um, because it's important to kind of see how that flow goes. Now, you're not going to want to listen to the whole interview at two times speed. And this is something you and I were talking about last time. And that's why this part is important mm. because you want to see how do they answer questions and you need to listen to that in real time because you need to know, like, do they hesitate? 
hesitating could tell you there was something else there. Like there's a part of the conversation that they're not telling everything about, but there may be some real gold there to talk about. Mm. Do they answer short? Like I've had guests on that, like their responses are pretty short. So it's really important on how I ask the question, but then also how my follow-up question goes. So it tells you a lot of intel about how that person communicates so that you know also how to approach the conversation when you get into it. So it's, it, it, that's a lot of how like my preparation has changed. Also, I don't like to do a whole lot of scripting, but I will have a few core questions that are completely written out because it does kind of really set the stage for you know what that conversation is going to look like. And as I said, the follow-ups off of those questions are some really, really you know incredible gold there. I know I... I had, so last time I spoke to you, it actually caused me to write a Facebook and LinkedIn post about it. So then I got some great feedback from people where um, Chris Lockhead, I don't know if you know Chris, but he brought up a really great point. He said, you know, I don't like to run into things with scripted questions. And I said, I can agree with that to a point. I said, but, you know, I'd like to, because he said, you know, the unform of the conversation can be really, really good. But actually, I find that that it for me is the follow-up, like those, those questions that I kind of set up with set the stage. And then the follow-up is the real conversation. Do, do you kind of get what I'm saying on that? Yeah, absolutely. So basically you have some prepared questions, right? And then, yeah. and then you try to, I don't think you said listening, but you try to listen. And then based on that, you ask the follow-up questions, right? Yeah. Cause I think at the same time, like, you know, maybe I have four preset questions mm-hmm. and like, so I, I when I had, uh, General Petraeus on, I had seven preset questions because we wanted to agree on questions before we did the interview. And um, we got through three of them. Everything else was basically like follow-ups off of that, you know, different paths we go down based on how the answers are. So at the same time, like if you prepare questions, like don't be worried about scrapping those if you have to, like it could go a different direction, but it's just good to have that structure there for you to kind of know how you want to weave the narrative because you are a storyteller in that way. Yeah, so you mentioned you agreed on questions. So do you do pre-interviews, basically? Not in that case. So that was an interview where the the, the guest um, was a super high-level guest. You know, he's had high-level security clearance and stuff like that. So we just he just wanted to kind of have some sort of agreement what the grounds of the conversation were going to be before we got into it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen very often, but once in a while it does. And, you know, it's just kind of understanding what that barrier is. It doesn't mean that that's going to be the script for your conversation. It's just like knowing they want to know why they're there and why you're asking for their time. Um, and that basically you're not going to, I guess, go into muddy waters or something like that. Yeah. And uh, thinking about these bigger names and great guests, you know, what is, what it, what it's like to, to interview these people for you? Like personally, I'm curious about your experience when it comes to interviewing them. It's pretty interesting because honestly, the, the thing that's, re- that's, I actually get really nervous for those interviews because they're usually people I really admire. And it's, it's not from the standpoint of, oh my gosh, I'm going to talk to blank. It's the thing that actually makes me nervous. And you'll laugh at this is actually like, I hope they're actually as nice of a person as I always thought they were. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I don't want my bubble to be burst about how, how great I thought this person was. So from that standpoint that, that to date, that bubble has never been burst. And I feel like when I get done, I'm always like, wow, they were just as cool as I thought it would be. So, you know, that's just been really cool. Like connecting with people like that. And the thing I've found honestly um, with, just higher level guests is they're just usually more media trained because they do a lot more high level media. So they know, I guess, how to weave a story a little bit better. They know what type of questions people typically ask. They kind of know where to go with it. And as a host, your real challenge then is to figure out how to ask questions that interrupt their pattern a little bit. So you really get real communication. I like to think I've been pretty good at that. 
I love that. I mean, I am I'm getting the chills that you said that interrupt, <laughs> interrupt the patterns. So this yeah. is one thing that we could dive into. Well, they're very practice because like that, you know, they do a lot of big media. So their publicists want to make sure like they don't say the wrong thing or whatever. And like I'm never gonna put someone in a position where I ask them something to get them in trouble. Like this isn't isn't gotcha journalism. But at the same time, I wanna make it so we have an incredible conversation here because people really learn from kind of that freestyle conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to ask you about this because actually today in the Facebook group, in the podcast Interview Nation Facebook group, it was a question, for example, that how do you make the guests or how do you get the guests share your episodes and uh, or your episode and the conversation with you? And I was thinking about, for example, bigger names who have been interviewed many, many, many times, hundreds of times, and they they talk about the same story. And as you said, there's this pattern. And so I think one of the ways that you can get them to share the episode is to kind of like, you know, conduct an interview or make them share something that they have never shared before. It's kind of like hard, right? But that was just my opinion on how to get them share the episode. When it comes to these big names, really, like, how do you do this? How do you interrupt the pattern? You're talking about in terms of the conversation or in terms of getting them to share it? Getting them to share something new, something not necessarily new, but something from a different perspective or, you know, just really interrupting the pattern because they have the stories that they always share on podcasts. And so how do you, you know, how do you just approach this, that they share something new? Well, so here's the thing I'll say is you could still do this great and the person just may not share it because they have so much media coming out. They're like, I was on podcast A, I was on podcast B, I was on this one, I was on that one. So it's just, you're also running up against that. So you just, you, may just have guests that don't share like it happens but the thing that you can help to increase your chances of that is kind of what i was talking about earlier where it's really finding that important thing for that person right like what is that reality point for that person like i had mentioned for for uh kelly earnhardt it was there was a question that she hated asking and that was people always ask her like what's it like being a woman in racing she's like oh i don't know i do my job like everyone else like what the heck so she hates answering that question but it's the question everybody asked her what is up my friend i hope you're enjoying today's episode and we're gonna get back to this conversation very soon but first i want to tell you a story so you might already know that i've been hosting my other show the mind subscribers podcast for more than a year now And while doing so, I was experimenting with producing and releasing more content in order to grow my audience. You see, releasing content more frequently can have a huge impact on growing your download numbers. There was a time where I released daily content on the Mindset Horizon podcast, but I needed to pay a lot more for hosting services just because of doing so. On top of all that, I was thinking about starting my second podcast, the one you are listening to right now, the Podcast Interview Mastery Show. This is how I decided to look for other hosting solutions that support podcast growth. I was more than glad when I found Captivate, the world's only growth-oriented podcast host. With Captivate, you don't have to worry about paying more if you want to release more content or if you want to create more podcasts because they charge monthly fees based on download numbers. Captivate is the only podcast host that supports your creativity with unlimited podcasts for one inclusive price. That is why it was a no-brainer for me to leave my previous hosting provider and choose Captivate. So if you are thinking about producing more content for your existing show or you want to start more podcasts, I would highly recommend checking out Captivate at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash Captivate. That's MindsetHorizon.com forward slash Captivate. 
Again, releasing content more frequently can have a huge impact on your download numbers, but can you do it without paying more for hosting services? With Captivate, you absolutely can. Check out Captivate at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash Captivate and start growing your show exponentially. All right, my friends, so without any further ado, let's get back to today's interview mastery episode. So I just started off with, I know you hate being asked, like, what's it like being a woman in racing? So we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about your careers and your achievement. And she was like, like, she shared the episode after that, because it was just something unique that changed the conversation. You could tell that we were really, truly communicating at that point. And I feel, I just feel like it's the most recent ones that are always top of mind. So if I really went far back, I could give you more, but like, um, for like, uh, general Petraeus, when I had him on, I read an article about how much he appreciated previous uh, a previous president that was also um, someone in the army. So I asked him questions around that, and he was like really excited. He's like, "Oh, I, I love talking about that. No, nobody nobody ever asks me about that." So like it was kind of something like that was interesting and special to him. So it, it's kind of finding like what is that thing for that person that's going to make you stand out and let that person really talk about what they want to talk about. That's really interesting to them. Um, like I know I had. Um, Nick Walenda on not too long ago, who's his family, the 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 flying Walendas have been like acrobats with a whole bunch of different circuses since the I want to say the late 1700s. They've been around a long time. They're Austrians. And um, I had happened to mention the Big Apple Circus, which is the small circus we have in here and how I, my daughter's too. She's already been there like four times. Like she loves the circus. She gets all excited and she like loves that particular one. <laughs> and he also had a lot of like really great like family pleasure moments with the Big Apple Circus. So like then we're we're in communication. We're talking. We found this commonality that we're really interested in. So you got to find out like what is that thing that's special for that person? And you're, you're not always going to be able to, to do that. But it's going to increase your chances of getting the share because you really spent time to create something special with them. Wow, it's uh, I think it's a great takeaway. And uh, I was wondering, you know, how can someone do that? And something came to my mind, which is at the very beginning of my podcasting journey, I did something and I kind of like stopped doing this, but I I didn't do a pre-interview, but I sent out a email with a question what are some of the things to the guest? What are some of the things that you are passionate about nowadays? Because I, you know, I got the bio, I've seen their website, but I was like, okay, so if I could focus on their essence or or the things that they are passionate about, what are some of the things, and how can I just know that? And I simply asked them in an email. So, what are some of the things you are passionate about nowadays, right? Have you found that to be a barrier though? Because I just, at least, and maybe everybody's a little bit different. Because in, in my experience, I've I've just found that busy people just usually don't want to be bothered. Um, like not that they're <laughs> they're mean or anything like that. They're just they're busy. So like I've kind of tried to take that responsibility on myself to figure out like what is most interesting to them now. Like I'm sure there's certain situations where that would work, but there's just there's some people I don't get really I I don't get access to for a pre-call or like a um you know a questionnaire or something like that. So. I, I don't I don't know I'm just I'm, I guess I'd be curious to see like you know how many people are willing to do that because I've just I've my personally when I tried to I ran into that as a barrier and that's why I've tried to just put it on research. Yeah, I I agree and and sometimes even you don't have their direct email maybe. Right, it's like their publicist or something. Yeah, exactly. So this is what I did in the beginning and I had the direct email and yeah, but overall I think it's a great point that you've mentioned as a takeaway and I was kind of like wondering if. If this is something that you start a conversation with, this is kind of like the first question or how do you incorporate this in an interview? In terms of like what's most interesting to them now? Yeah, exactly. 
I usually just ask them at the end because I've kind of figured out, you know, just based on my research, what's exciting to them right now. And at the end, I'll just be like, hey, what are you most excited about right now? And it's not even something I ask every time, like, because usually like I'm, I'm aware of it, like, oh, I've got this book coming out or, oh, I'm kind of doing this or, oh, you know, I'm interested in, you know, this general or whatever it may be. So like, I, I don't know, man, like, I don't want to be a party pooper, but I just feel like it's for me, it comes up in my research. That's so not something I ask them. Yeah, absolutely. And um, one thing you've mentioned connected to bigger names is, you know, being nervous. And I'm just wondering what you do when you're nervous. Uh, number one, annoy my wife. Um, <laughs> she's like, stop it. Just go work. Um, so that's one. That's that's part one. But part two is going for a walk because that usually chills me out. Um, I also, when I can, um, I try to schedule big interviews earlier in the day. So I don't have a lot of time to think about them. She's like, all right, I'm going to do this tomorrow. And, you know, it's 10 a.m. and I'm going to be doing it. So like uh, when I do try to, I try to schedule those early when I can, because it makes it so my attention isn't on it. Uh, but for me, going for a walk really helps because it kind of gets your attention outward, not like inward. And it's funny because as I said, I'm not nervous like for the interview because I've done some like, you know, some stuff, <laughs> stuff on stage. Stuff like that. It's always like, man, I hope this person is not a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can relate, you know, and the funny thing is that uh, since I live in Europe, I, I have guests from the U.S. mainly and especially if they are from the West Coast. My time, it's it's sometimes 6 p.m. when we start, 7 p.m. when we start. So basically, it's 7 p.m. when we started today. And, you know, the whole day, I'm, I'm just completely nervous. <laughs> Dude, it, <laughs> when it I... <laughs> sucks when you like when you when you have to book it late in the day. But you, you, you just like ge geographically don't have a choice. But like when I can, man, early. <laughs> yeah, I would do that. Definitely. So I can relate. So if I had the chance, I would do that. So I was thinking maybe I should just move because that I can do, you know, interviews. In yeah, but come on, man. Who'd want to leave hungry? There's just, there's so much good food and good wine and, you know, like, <laughs> you know, the, it's just, you know, who'd want to leave the Danube? So anyway. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And um, Hungarians know how to cook. They know how to eat and they know how to party. So those are some good people in my book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, you know, I don't know what I wanted to <laughs> ask. I threw you off on that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Actually, some of the things I always ask my guests about when it comes to interviews is, for example, you've mentioned over preparation. And so how much time do you prepare? Like, it's a big secret because everybody does it differently. So how much do you prepare if I may ask for an interview in general? It's a case by case basis, right? Like, because here, because here's the thing, like, I had a big interview a couple weeks ago where I interviewed um, Johnny Damon, uh, who is, he won a World Series with the Red Sox and with the Yankees and with somebody I, I just, I'm familiar with his career. Like, I love sports and I know way too much about their stats. Like, it's kind of vomit worthy how much I know about like professional athletes statistics, including their heights and weights. Um, so like a conversation like that, I know the guy's whole career, I don't have to prepare for it. So like, I just, I know everything about like what he's done in his career. Like, and it was funny. We were talking about obscure stats that he apparently seems to know about himself too. Um, so like something like that, like, I just, I know a lot about that person in, in another aspect. Like if somebody's writing a book, that's going to be a much more preparation, you know, filled thing because I need to know more about what's in that book. Mm, so yeah. It's just such a case by case basis. It's just so, so hard to say, but usually if I'm unprepared for an interview and it's coming up. I feel comfortable saying, hey, I have a half an hour to do this. Mm. Um, and as I said, it's a case by case basis. So not every case is going to be like that. But like if you told me I had an interview in a half an hour and I didn't know anything about it, I felt like I could still figure out how to be ready for that interview and have a great interview. 
<laughs> you know, I listened to, uh, uh, of course, I listened to your podcast and um, a couple of things came to my mind and also connected to preparation a little bit. So what I realized, and if I may say, so what I realized, you were curious so about, you know, the guest and 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 this is what I felt. So I don't know how, you know, de- deliberate it is or or um, maybe we can dive a little bit deeper there. Oh, gosh. Am I too much of a fanboy? <laughs> You sounded very prepared. Uh, That's why I'm also asking about preparation and also very knowledgeable. So I don't know if you, you know, prepare. Was was there a particular one you were thinking of? Because I might be able to like add some context there. It was the the last one about uh, music and music industry and. Okay, so this is something I was talking to my wife about. I'm I'm a unique person in some ways. Like, so there's this TV show in America called Jeopardy. And it's basically like this like trivia game. And it's always like, you know, maybe it's historical questions or whatever. Like it's been on for like 25 years. Like I don't really watch it night after night, but like whenever it's on, I win every single time. Mm. Um, I know way too much random things about a lot of things. It's it's really kind of weird and odd. Um, like I did very, I prepared for that interview for 15 minutes with John, with John Statham. Um, but I know so much about music. Um, I've been a drummer since I was 11. I just, I know so much about I, I have a lot of knowledge that will not benefit me in life, but I just seem to know. And it really helps me in a lot of these conversations, believe it or not, because I know I'll, uh, I know just enough to hold a conversation with somebody and sound like I'm informed um, in a lot of different areas just because I have a lot of random knowledge. And that's just something, I guess, unique about me. I wasn't sure if it's preparation or you were just passionate about music. So it really stood out that you are knowledgeable, curious. And then it it sounded very prepared. I I mean, you know, so it the, was there was a very little preparation that went into that one because um we also like a couple of the questions I had like the Radiohead thing like oh my gosh I love Radiohead so I pre-ordered their album like all this other crazy stuff when that when they did the the uh, in Rainbows album we were talking about in the interview so like for, when I have I just have a lot of random knowledge man and it doesn't I guess it 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 does help me because it allows me to have some great conversations with people. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. So. It helps if you are informed and, and you read a lot and stuff like that and you're interested in general and curious about the world. So that's definitely something I think. It's interesting in that way because I feel like podcasting has been a really great thing for me because I could sit down with somebody that's a lawyer and I know enough about what they do. I could sit down with somebody that's um, in politics and I know so much about how government operates and how different stuff works. I could sit down with somebody about in music and I know a lot of musical terms because I've played music. Like So it's it's really interesting in that way and it's i guess podcasting has kind of been a great fit for me because of that i agree and you know i was wondering because you have been on this journey for a while and uh, if you were to give you know a piece of advice to someone who is aspiring to become a better interviewer or a world-class podcaster what are some of the things that you would say and also maybe focusing on skills or any other thing that you kind of like developed over the years so I would say just first off, like try to stay curious because that's just really, really important and following that curiosity because I feel like I've seen people lose that. And when, when you lose that, it really does hurt the conversations you're having. So curiosity just first and foremost is really, really important. The other thing is do a lot of interviews, man. Like the only way I've gotten better at interviews is just by doing a lot of them. Just do a yeah. lot of interviews and you'll figure out like what are good follow-up questions to ask? Like what do certain things in communication mean? You know, when is a guest getting, you know, 
I can feel it when a guest is getting nervous that maybe we're running tight on time. So I'll say like, Hey, I know we're tight on time, but I just have two more questions for you and blah, blah, blah. And and they relax and you can feel it. So like you, you get a lot of these kind of sixth, sixth senses, uh, feels like a tongue twister, sixth senses on like, kind of like what is happening in that interview and you really learn how to run it. So doing interviews is really, really valuable at the same time, listen to people that do a lot of interviews and there's not many podcasters I listen to for that. Like I did mention Jordan. I listen to a lot of what he does and I have a lot of admiration for what he does because he's done it for a really, really long time. But at the same time, like I'll check out like Larry King, Oprah, people on the radio. Like I'm always checking out a lot of different people and how they run an interview to notice what they do and how they conduct themselves and what they do in certain situations. Mm. And that's really a lot of how, you know, I've been able to run a great interview. Like I grew up on a lot of classic radio. So like, um, I don't know if you've heard of him, but there was a, a guy that's been on the radio here in this. Well, he passed away a number of years ago. Now his son actually has a spot, um, but he had a radio show for years and years and years uh, called Paul Harvey. And uh, he would always do this thing called the rest of the story. And what he would do is he would tell uh, Mike Rowe uh, from from Dirty Jobs has a, a similar podcast to this now. And um, what he used to do in his radio show is he would tell someone's story without their name in it. And then at the end, he'd be like, and this little boy grew up to be Ronald Reagan. He'd be like, whoa, I didn't know that. So like, you, you kind of learn how to tell a good story by observing other people that have done it for a really, really long time. Well, that's a great point, you know, and um, and you've mentioned that you uh, you listen to some of those podcasts, and I think it's important which of those podcasts you listen to, and you have to be kind of like aware what you're listening to, what you're paying attention. That's kind of like also need to be there, this awareness part, because, you know, someone just might feel that, oh, it's a good conversation, a good podcast, but they don't really know what to listen to and what to focus on in order to kind of like learn those things, what they, right? So they, it's seemingly, it's it's a great podcast, great conversation, but I don't know what makes it, what makes it great. But if you are kind of like into this space and, and, and you know what to focus on and listen to, it's um, it's easier. For example, just to give you an example and the listeners, what I started listening to when someone comes on this show is how the how do these people structure their episodes? So beyond interviewing, actually. So I listen to the interview and the questions and stuff. But how do they actually structure the episode? Because I want to I, I started looking at uh, this thing as a whole audio experience. And so what is the journey that the listener is going through, including the intro, introduction, conversation, outro, whatever the structure is. So I kind of like started analyzing how people do it, right? Um, just for the overall episode um, experience to have a to have a better understanding. Well, I, th- I think it's is as a host, it's really really important to consider like the experience your your listeners getting, and that's one of the things I've tried to work really hard at, and it's a skill that takes time to learn, mm. is learning how to ask questions through the viewpoint of someone that's listening to you. Right. Because I think so many times we ask questions that are like, oh, I would like to know or blah, 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 blah. Um, (laughs) But you want to but you want to think about like if somebody's listening to you, why are they listening and what would they ask that person? Because there's a reason that people are listening to you. So that's a skill I've really tried to work on and I'm always trying to work on. Mm. So do you have the ideal listener, one perfect listener in mind? <laughs> you know, I, I maybe I've done a bad job for not doing that. I don't know. Um, <laughs> maybe whenever ever anybody says Avatar, I think of the movie with the blue people. I don't know. So I just I don't have a perfect ideal listener avatar named Joe that sits on my wall and stares at me. No. <laughs> OK, that's good. So not everybody has to do that, right? <laughs> I it, I've never done it. It just it just seemed weird to me. Yeah, actually for this podcast, me is kind of like 
the the avatar and i don't know it's a, if it's a good approach or not but basically someone who is a podcaster already and they want to become better 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 at interviewing and creating a better audio experience so that's kind of like me and so i don't know if it's a good approach maybe some would say it's not but this is how i do it so well I, for me with create your own life like a lot of who i was doing this interview in the beginning was me and i feel like that's why it's changed a little bit but like there's also a collective of people in that group, right? Like there's certain people I consider when I think of that. Like I think of um, my friend Dustin, who's been very successful in a corporate career. So I think a lot about what he would ask. So there's a kind of a collection of, of people that I look at and I'm like, okay, what would this group of people want to know um, mm. and be listening to this for? You see, that's interesting. You see, that's interesting. I think. Well, they're real people. So I know how they think, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a great piece of advice because it's more tangible than, for example, saying audience. And uh, I think it's it's really helpful to have um, specific people in, in mind. I would agree. So I guess, yes, I, I do think of it that way then. Like I'm thinking of like people I know and what they would want to know and people that I know listen to the show and what they would want to know. Yeah. But I just I just don't have a person drawn on my wall that I look at when I'm feeling lost in interviews. And I, I, look, <laughs> I look to Joe and I say, Joe, what would you ask? No, I, I don't do that. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, I love this conversation. Thanks for sharing. Same here, man. <laughs> Yeah. And um, as we are coming to the end, you know, I usually ask my guests about book recommendations or podcasters that we can listen to, but you all, you've already mentioned some of them. Oh, can I recommend a couple good ones, though, that I've just listened to recently? I just totally binged on a podcast series called Bunga Bunga. It's by Whit Whitney Cummings. Um, she's a comedian and she actually um, goes through the whole scandal of uh, Silvio Berlusconi, who was the former PM of... Uh, of Italy and all the trouble he got into and uh, what Bunga Bunga is. It, that was very interesting. Um, what else am I listening to right now? That's really, really good. Supernatural with Ashley Flowers is really good. Uh, she goes through a lot of like uh, haunting stories and ghost stories and stuff like that. I'm always looking at storytelling things, man, because I want to know how to tell a better story and I want to know like what those people do. I've been listening to this one for about five years and season three finally came out. It took him two years to get it out, but it's called the Leviathan Chronicles. That's a really, really interesting one as well. You've mentioned stories a couple of times, and and maybe it's worth exploring this a little bit. Like, do you incorporate these learnings to your interviews, and if so, how do you do this? Meaning, like, do I bring stories that I know into the interviews? Yeah, I mean, how do you structure? Do you structure your interviews as a story? In some ways, I try to. Like, I look at it as like this is like a, a narrative in some way, shape, or form. So you want to. So like something I'll say to the guest is like, you know, we'll be in one section. I'll be okay. Well, bringing this back around, I know you just mentioned blah. Well, I actually want to talk about blah. Like you find a nice transition, uniting thing, realizing that in some way, shape, or form, like I'm not asking people tell me your story anymore. I'm taking responsibility for telling that story um, in the way that I know it's going to be most impactful. So I am definitely looking at storytelling in a fashion and, and how I can convey that in such a way that it's going to help somebody. What do you mean by telling their story? I mean, the the introduction or so you don't ask them to tell their background story, so to speak. Well, because what I it's like I said in the beginning, what I previously did is I would say, tell me your story. And that would be my whole podcast. And then I would like I would like, all right, cool. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that was that was just we're really done. We're, we're, done. Do, we're done here. I'm going to just sit back and I'm going to fall asleep while you just keep talking. Um, <laughs> like it just it wasn't engaging for either of us. And, and, you know, that was just lazy interviewing on me. Like you can ask somebody, what's your story? If it's intended to just be a quick snippet, but like when yeah. it's in the way of like, you're depending on that, that to be your entire interview. Yeah, that's kind of rough, man. So like, I look at it as like, yes, we're telling a story here, but I, I know kind of where the transitions are and I know kind of how to put this together. 
so at the same time, like, how can I ask questions in such a way that they cut out, they, they kind of transition well, right? Like, because if I ask somebody a question and it's too open-ended, it could take them 15 minutes to answer it. But it's knowing enough about them to ask the question in a certain way where I'm answering part of the question based on what I know about them and leaving it to the rest of the question I want. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, mm. like hey, uh, I know you uh, like blah, 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 blah. So based on that, what do you think about blah, 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 or, or what happened at blah, blah, blah? So it's like you're yeah. kind of, you're setting it up enough so they're not going to answer for 27 minutes, but yeah. that you're actually filling in the gaps in the story so people know that. Yeah, even for example, in this podcast, I ask about the story, but specifically connected to podcasting. So it's kind of like, you know, not an hour because tell about your story is kind of like very, very open-ended and then it yeah. can... It can go in any direction. Yeah. So, Jeremy, it's been awesome. And, um, you know, what's the best way for people to connect with you and where can people learn more about your podcast? So they can definitely check me out over at jeremyryanslate.com. And if they love this, please check out my podcast over an Apple Podcasts um, and just definitely check out an episode because I love to, I guess, help people kind of move forward in their life. Yeah, absolutely. Create your own life. And uh, my last question is, what is your vision for your podcast in the future? So actually, um, I don't know if you had seen this on Facebook. I know we're like Facebook official friends now. Um, But like I am starting my pre-launch for my book, uh, Extraordinary, on Monday. And uh, basically like part one is we're doing like a, a raise for the book. And then, you know, the actual like launch will be next year. But as part of that, I'm actually launching a second podcast feed where I'm going through and grabbing some of my favorite episodes and kind of redoing like the intros and some of the stuff around it. And it's actually going to be called Extraordinary. So it's kind of like a a greatest hits album of why I find certain people extraordinary. And it's going to be a second feed that's coming out actually next week. Wow, that's pretty amazing and exciting. And uh, wow, good luck with that. And thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Podcast Interview Mastery Show. If you feel inspired to hang out with other like-minded podcasters, make sure to join the Podcast Interview Nation community at mindsethorizon.com forward slash interview nation. If you want to check out the details, show notes, book recommendations, interview tips, and free resources, please make sure to head over to our website, mindsethorizon.com forward slash interview. I really hope this episode's been highly valuable to you. I will catch you next time. And until then, be world class, my friend.